Welcome to episode 51 of Coffee Pods and Wads, the third in the train series, a five-part series focusing on each of the components of training and self-improvement. Got mindset, strength, engine, nutrition. This week's area of focus is recovery, sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, the ultimate fitness-focused drink to support performance. Uh, Mike Lombardi heads elite performance and strategic partnerships at Whoop. He came on to answer all our questions on recovery, what works, what doesn't, um, how much sleep and why, what if you can't get that much sleep, uh, different foods interacting with recovery, um, overtraining and underperforming. Uh, Whoop actually sent me an order of strap after this, which is great because, you know, free stuff. Um, but I actually would buy it if I uh, like having used it. So I think if you're on the fence, it's worth the investment if you have it spare. Um, little things are really impressive with it. Like the first workout I did um, was tying to my friend Anthony's phone. And at the end, his phone said 29.40 for, you know, when he stopped the clock. And then later on, my whoop said, oh, we've uh, calibrated the workout. And when I clicked into it, it said that it timed at 29.44. So, like, that's pretty impressive when I didn't do anything my end. Um, Orla went for a cycle with her friend yesterday. And when she came back, she got a notification saying whoop has detected a cycle. So, like, stuff like that is really cool. Um, and sleep, like, the analytics on sleep is pretty cool as well. A bit frustrating, maybe, if you're not getting a lot of sleep to constantly be reminded of it. But still, um, Mike talks about the functions of the whoop in the episode. It's a pretty impressive thing to use. Um, I don't have a discount code around, but like there's loads out there. If you Google, like Talk and Lee to have one and Buddy Buzz have one as well, I think. Um, if you use uh, if you use one already or if you get one, you can join the Coffee Pods and Wads League. Uh, the code for the league is com, C-O-M-M, uh, hyphen, 200828. Yeah, it's catchy. Um, share as much as you can in your stories it's great seeing people share the first two episodes from mindset rx and rp strength you can go back and listen to them if you haven't already uh still have a few ladies tanks left so drop me a dm if you want one enjoy have a great weekend like share and tag okay so got mike lombardi you are uh well introduce yourself I'm Mike Lombardi. Uh, I work on strategic partnerships and on the performance side at Whoop. Uh, yeah. And Whoop, just for anyone that doesn't know, is basically like, I guess, uh, you know, data compiling, uh, strain, heart rate, sleep, all those kind of things compiled. And it gives you, it you know, uh, use algorithms to sort through all the data and tells you what your strain is, what, how much recovery you need, how much rest you might need, and how you are resting and recovering, yeah? Yes, that's a pretty good synopsis. Yeah, it's it's a, a wearable that's giving you personalized feedback on all your sort of biometric data. So how hard your day is, not relative to anyone else, where you're just always comparing yourself to your own baseline metrics. Cool, okay. Um, well, we'll get into whoop, we'll get into recovery and all that in a minute, but I'd like to start off by having a quick chat about coffee. So do you drink a lot of coffee? Uh, I do. I just, uh, our director of uh, military and tactical actually uh, roasts his own beans. So he just sent me some. So nice. that was fantastic. But yeah, no, I do. Uh, I use the, uh, the Chemex most of the times. The director, of, the director of military and tactical in Whoop. Mm-hmm. Yes. So as in like working with armed forces on collecting their data and helping them recover better and stuff like that is it or do you have an army uh, exactly well yeah no it's it's a combination <laughs> <laughs> it's a combination of you know getting getting uh, whoop straps on different branches of of government and military first responders things like that because they you know they're uh if they're under recover that's a huge difference um that really is a, a life-saving tool even as decision making and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to you know, like we we like to train. We you know we we go through it all day. The stakes are a bit higher there. So, yeah. uh, especially when you're looking at first responders as well, where it could be uh, you know kind of like shift work, like firemen, and all mm-hmm. the we know all the the sort of medical challenges that come potentially later in life uh, because of this up in the middle of the night and just kind of all these different times. So using Whoop to understand that uh, is really helpful. That's cool. God, I never even thought of that. Um, I love hearing about like guest favorite coffee memories. So, um, like you know, is there maybe a scenario you were in, a place you were in, like either geographically or personally, and like maybe someone you were with or anything? Is there anything that stands out for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so prior to joining Whoop, I was an Olympic rowing coach. So 
part of that was I traveled all over the world and uh, got to train all these different places and, and coach in all these different places. And my, I think my favorite was uh, in New Zealand. And um, they love their coffee. They they do, and you know they're they're all either about the the long black or the flat white. Mm. Uh, and <clears throat> just this sort of routine of you getting up. For, basically, it's very close to like where the the Shire is in where they filmed <laughs> in, in Lord of the Rings. Um, Lake Karapiro in, in New Zealand. And just the little town is only open to like 4 p.m., but, you know, kind of hitting up there and grabbing, you know, a flat white every morning after was like, okay, good. We, we've sort of like accomplished. And, and I, it, it's still very burned into my memory in terms of yeah. like the coffee memory. It was either good, maybe it was only after good sessions, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a very positive memory around that sort of experience. And, and it's like almost like earning that, yeah. that coffee. Um, whereas now it's like, all right, get, let's get going. We got to get the coffee to start the day. Uh, but it's, I, we switch it up a lot. You know, it's, that's still a really important part of my, how I break up my day. Like gee, when I'm at the whoop office, I know we're remote, remote now, you know, it's a good way for us to kind of bond. We're like, Hey, you want to go grab coffee? Cause there's, four or five different like local shops within mm-hmm. two blocks uh so that's good and even still now in quarantine uh my wife and i will just take like a 15 minute walk to you know a local spot it's, i think there's there like you said there there is something special about the uh both food but like coffee there's there is something really unique about sharing coffee with people and just kind of you know letting the guard down and, and bonding yeah yeah true very true um with podcasts then you've done so you've done a lot of podcasts uh you've had you know you've been on whoops own podcast you've been on with sean and tommy on talking elite how do you find it like uh you know essentially being bombarded with questions about all things recovery do you, are you ever kind of like you know kind of do you get tired of talking about it because i i know it's kind of if i'm say i'm a teacher so if i was teaching all day and then came home and someone rang me and wanted to interview me about teaching i'd be like oh piss off like talk to me about anything else (laughs) no you know it um it's something i'm really passionate about you know performance as a whole and recovery is such a huge part of it so talking about whoop to me is it's pretty fun uh it's easier than what i used to do you know prior to there being something that was wearable I was doing a lot of this stuff on my own using like mm. SPO2 monitors, urine color, mood, you know, subjective sleep, all these different things that kind of helped shape what not necessarily a recovery score, but should we proceed with how training is today? Do we need to change it? How are the athletes responding? Well, um, now it's just like, all right, well, there's, there's good. This is an, an easy data point I can look at and, and understand. So I, I mean, I love helping people, understand their their data so that they can make informed decisions about whatever they want to do whether yeah. and it usually starts with the basics of how do we get more sleep okay that's the lowest that's the easiest one how do we get higher quality sleep what is heart rate variability how do i improve it what's a good one well that's it's part you know all these different things so it's it, the same way you said you, you teach um you know there is a, a sort of like a step process of teaching people about whoop but no i, I mean that's I love doing it. That's why I love coaching. That's why I, I love what I do now. Yeah. Um, so whoop then, first of all, this was the company started in like 2012 and didn't, you know, nothing came out of the company, I guess, until 2016, they had their first product. And I think it was in around that time you started working for them as well. And then like, I remember listening to you talk about it before. And back then you had to like physically manually enter in like, Oh, I'm, training i trained today for this Mm -hmm. amount of time or whatever um now you've got this like you know like highly intelligent wearable tracker that basically just takes care of everything for you like i guess i know um i saw someone recently got one and i was asking them you know how is it or whatever and they were like oh i'll let you know you know when it knows me like you know that they were it was still compiling the data and stuff and i thought that was really interesting that i you know if you get a you know other brands of like wearable trackers and put them on it'll immediately tell you like you know what your heart rate is and what you're doing and whatever and if you go and you know work out it'll tell you how much recovery you need and it's kind of like well, how can it possibly know within 15 minutes of me taking out of the box like how much right. i need so i think that was something that i was instantly when i heard that i was like okay that kind of adds some gravitas to what the data it gives you says because it's obviously learning about you um 
what's it been like being part of that growth from like, you know, a startup with kind of people inside the company, I guess, knew what was going on and knew what the plans were and where they were hoping to go with stuff. But on the outside looking in, people are like, you know, what is it? There's nothing coming out of there. And then for it to grow from that to, I guess, such a recognizable uh, brand in the industry, it must be pretty exciting. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, you know, so Will and John and uh, Nikolai, who uh, basically founded the company in 2012 hmm. at the Harvard iLab, um, you know, it was just an idea. Will wrote a thesis on it uh, about, I think there's stuff that's happening and people aren't able to really understand it. And I want to find a way to, to kind of harness that information if possible. Right. So I was in business school from 2016 to 2018. And where I went to business school was right around the block from the uh, WHOOP headquarters. And <clears throat> I was coaching and training out of, uh, it was pre-Invictus, but like CrossFit Fenway, Invictus Fenway. Uh, and <clears throat> working with that, that team that went to the game. So at that point, it probably would have been 2017 CrossFit Back Bay, Reebok CrossFit mm. Back Bay. And they, we were some of the first athletes to be on Whoop. So I actually got on as basically a, a, a consumer first um, prior to even player. joining. Yeah. And it was pretty wild. It was like, you know, like you said, what is this? How does it work? And it's one of those things where <laughs> you, you can probably attest to it. You don't always, uh, when you initially get on, you don't always trust the data. Uh, you're like, yeah, I don't know. I feel pretty good. It's telling me my recovery is bad, but uh, I, I feel great. And then that time when you go in, you're like, I'm just going to do the back squats like I said I was going to do. And then you kind of like tweak something or you're like, oh, damn, that was that was it. Um, or the vice versa where you feel tired and it says you have a good recovery and you kind of go through and you have an amazing session. You're like, okay. Um, so that's, I think that was more my aha of, oh, I'm super bought into Whoop. And then when I had opportunity to to join the team, uh, was really great. And even in the last two years, how much the the product has changed from gen two, where it's basically like a day and a half battery life. Now we're at five days. And like you said, the sort of auto detect, mm. I think the combination of auto, auto classification, well, one, it was auto detect, auto detecting sleep and auto detecting activities. Now we can auto classify, uh, activities, especially the ones that you do all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, we want it to be a, a pretty seamless part of your life where we're giving you the data and you don't have to necessarily interact so much, uh, yeah. with it, but you can, inter if you want to, you can interact as much as you'd like. Um, I think it'd be fair to say that recovery is probably either forgotten about or dismissed, especially in like CrossFit and functional fitness where people either, you know, they either want to be like the big boys and girls and they want to be training like thrice a day or they maybe have an hour every day that they don't feel they can miss and they're just going to go in and blast it even if work or family or whatever is draining in between um, and yeah. is it is it difficult to kind of push recovery as as important as you know like maybe strength training or endurance training or whatever who are we talking about here like average average people yeah, average just, just the people that work and then yeah, like, I, I'm like guessing that like, train. yeah, I'm guessing professional athletes are aware that like that extra one percent will come from you know these little tweaks and stuff. But I think maybe someone who's like, I really want to get that first muscle up or whatever. If you tell right. them like, you know, you you maybe just need more sleep and you need to you know work on this kind of stuff, they're going to be like, yeah, hey, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to jump on the bar. Exactly. Okay. So this is one of those where they need to understand kind of like where their days are and where they need to pull back. So let's, you know, the muscle updates. All right. So let's say you have an immediate, like a 50% recovery. You can probably go in and just kind of do what you were going to do. Hmm. Um, you know, what you want to think about is what are the steps? Hey, I really want to lift heavy tomorrow. We're doing the, we're doing the CrossFit total. Um, what are the, or you see it on your gym's programming calendar and you know that you have certain workouts you're really looking forward to mm. what are the steps that you're going to take in your week because you know that this is an important session to you and sort of guiding so that's one piece so if you're just going to do the hour anyway you're going to show up what are all the things that you can do to make sure that you're in the best possible condition hydration timing of food sleep duration and uh quality what what can you control the things you can control and see what yeah. happens right 
Um, and then you, when you go into that session, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time. Like I said, the, the people will, people will end up doing something that like tweak something or they, they just completely gas themselves. And then they're have to take like three days off because they just pushed it too hard when they shouldn't have. Um, they'll learn to kind of go into a session and know how to scale it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So let's just use like DT as a, as a workout here. If you're feeling good that you're flying through it and it burns and it hurts. Right. Yeah. Whereas you, if you're like a little, a little more beaten down, that doesn't mean you can't do the workout. Maybe you need to scale the loading. Maybe you need to pull back the intensity a little bit and just be like, I'm going to get through this work. It's not going to be my PR, but I, I didn't get less fit. Mm. Uh, I, I got some technical aspect of it. So it's, it's about thinking, can I tweak something? And the people that go in on their own and aren't in a class, it's like, if you thought you were going to go heavy, maybe don't maybe focus more on technical stuff, spend a little bit longer warming up. And it's people can, you know, the, the more that you look at the data in conjunction with how you're kind of going about your training, the more you learn about yourself because how I operated 50% could be very different from how you operated 50%. I and, what, be different. And, and what, and what pieces kind of go, right. Um, it, this is where you need to understand what kind of uh, physiology you have yeah. just as, as a person where, when I'm tired, I can always do cardio. That's my background is endurance. So I can just like sit on the bike or hop on the, the rowing machine or go for a run. And it's like, great. I'm, that's fine. Um, it's easy. It's mindless. Um, I have to have an, enough juice to like go and do some barbell cycling or lifting heavy, you know, like, because my mobility is the first thing that goes, I get really tight when I'm under recovered. Hmm. Uh, so other people might be the opposite <laughs> where they got, they got to have everything about them to go do some endurance work or do some intervals and they could lift all day. Yeah. So very, very different. But, um, you know, in terms of c- helping people control recovery, it's more of recovery is a byproduct of all the things you're doing. Yeah. And that we kind of touched on that. So the more you try and like control it, that should translate to what are all the things that I'm actually the little micro experiments you're doing on yourself to try and find out. So I tell this one all the time. Um, I tried to drink my body weight in ounces of water for like two weeks, basically impossible. You go to the bathroom far too often. But in the first week, my HRV was the highest it's ever been. Just that's the only thing I changed. Sleep mm-hmm. was the same. Nothing else changed. Um, you know, I was then you do other ones where I was feeling a little more lethargic in the middle of the day. Maybe I was having too much protein at lunch, kind of cut, you know, half it and added more veggies, like the energy levels like through the roof. So the more that people can play around with their own, bodies, very small things at a time and see kind of what happens. That's how that recovery is going to improve over time. That's how you, you're going to get an, uh, an increasing HRV over time. You don't just necessarily want to be like my baseline's 50 and a good day 65 and a bad day's 25. What the goal is with, with using whoop and making these changes is getting that baseline to go from 50 to 65. So yeah. that you're kind of just living there. And then it's like, okay, now a new good day is 80. Yeah. Like that's possible. Um, and, and that's just from behavioral change over time. There's a, actually a video on the whoop, uh, YouTube of, I did like a Spartan race and I don't know, it might be the only hundred percent recovery ever recorded. Maybe it was an error then, but, um, my baseline was like 50 at heart, heart rate variability. And now it's like 95. So that's three years of improvement. Yeah. So it's not like it's going to happen overnight, but, yeah. um, that that's what we're trying to help people un- understand. Do you ever feel pressure to have like for someone that works for whoop and do you ever feel pressure to have your HRV really high? Like, do you ever like look at your data and be like, Oh fuck. I'm like, I need to, I need to improve this. You know, we're on a, we're on a lot of teams internally in whoop. And the thing about <clears throat> heart variability is a lot of it is genetic. Hmm. Um, you know, my wife's an Olympian and her heart rate variability is way lower than me. She kicks shit out of me on mostly everything. Um, so like it's so relative to yourself. Mm. Um, it doesn't. So like I said, 50 is okay. It's just like, what's a good day for you? Are you maximizing yeah, yeah. What's, what's based your- on sort of your data? That's where you look at resting heart rate and sometimes be like, ah, I wish my resting heart rate was lower when I wrote, like when I wrote all the time, when it was like, you know, like high thirties, low forties. Now it's closer to, you know, high forties and, and low fifties, but that goes up over time. And you just like, you know, you're looking at aerobic capacity. That's, that's really more the, 
the comparable one. If you're mm. kind of looking at, let's just say fitness, uh, just that resting heart rate trend over time is, is more the, the sort of capacity work that you have. Mm. Uh, so I look at that, but no, I don't feel pressure to, <laughs> to have it. Um, I, I like playing around with experiments yeah. and a lot of people on the performance team do that. Um, you know, I play around with like red wine and people, we call it Vino Mike. It's my, my alter ego where if I have like two glasses of red wine, my, I get green recovery hundred <laughs> percent. It's like, they're like 40, 40, uh, opportunities to sample this data. It's crazy. I can't explain it. Um, but it's, that's the, those are the fun things to learn about yourself. Whereas yeah. like I have a beer tank, one beer, it doesn't matter. Uh, it, it, it crushes my body. It just doesn't metabolize. Right. So that's why it's important to play around with this stuff. Um, sleep then I guess is I, like, I've found sleep is the number one that if you ask someone like, Oh, how do I need to improve or how do I need to recover better? Like the first question you get asked invariably is how much sleep do you get? Or how good is your sleep? Like, what is it that happens during sleep that promotes recovery so much that puts it so high up on the list? So <clears throat> we're, we're I'll answer kind of like generically, but then more whoop specific too. Yeah. So within like, like say, for example, yeah. I know, I know that there's like say stages of sleep that you've got your, your light sleep, your REM and your deep sleep. And that if you look at it, that there, I know that there's certain, uh, you know, amounts of time or percentages of your sleep that should be each. Like, I think I know, like personally speaking, one of the things that I struggle with most is like, how can someone, who isn't getting enough deep sleep make themselves get enough deep sleep if they're asleep right. they're supposed to be controlling that. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first thing you said is how do I get enough sleep? So we have the, the sleep uh, coach that's telling you how much sleep we're telling you, you need that's based off your baseline, how much strain you've accumulated mm. sleep debt, all that stuff. Now, when you look at sleep performance, it's just how much sleep you got. Now that's a good place to start. And we try and get people to get at least, if you're not sleeping enough, we try and get you to at least 85% of your sleep need. And that's, again, good place to start. Mm -hmm. Once you kind of get up into the 90 to 100%, you're doing a good job at duration. Now, when we look at the quality, between the combination of REM sleep, which is, you know, brain, learning new skills, rejuvenating your mind, and slow wave sleep, which is, uh, you know, producing your daily growth hormone, helping your muscles repair. Uh, we're looking for a combination of like 45 to 60% of your entire night's sleep okay. with those two stages. And you're probably going to have more REM than slow wave. Um, but you, you do want to see a nice, a nice 45 to 50% chunk of the night if you can. Now, how do you achieve that? Part of it is sleep consistency. So it's going to bed and waking up at relatively the same time. The closer that you can do that every single day promotes those deeper stages of sleep. So the way that slow wave sleep works, you kind of get bigger chunks in earlier in the night and then REM kind of as the night goes on. So if you get on a fairly regular schedule, so let's use the slow wave sleep example. When people are saying, I don't get I barely get any slow wave sleep. I tell them, get on this regular bedtime, bed and wake time. And let's see that wind down 30 to 45 minutes before bed, toss the phone out, dim the lights, you know, start to prep your body to actually do it. Right. It's the same way that we warm up to snatch and, and do Olympic lifts. You have to prime your body to go to sleep too. It's not just like, well, I'm going to close my laptop and go to bed. Yeah. That's, that's gonna, we're going to miss that chunk of slow wave sleep. So whenever I show people my data, the, the thing I do feel pressured about is getting that chunk of slow wave sleep. When I'm showing that I'm saying, here's what you got to do. Um, so at the beginning of the night, you can get a huge chunk of slow wave sleep if you're on a very consistent schedule. And if you, if you kind of miss that, you're going to most likely be missing out on slow wave sleep for each, each night that you kind of mm -hmm. don't change your pattern. Um, the other things that affect it is like very, very closely, I'd say, um, if you eat a heavy meal too close to, to going to bed, your body is going to be digesting. You can't get into these deeper stages of sleep. Uh, Screen time works differently for everybody. Some people, it helps them unwind. And some people, it just keeps them way up. So you could wear blue light blocking glasses. I do think that tinting or uh, dimming the lights really helps. 
I personally take like a three minute hot shower right before bed because it's like cooling your core temperature down is important. So I actually have the house set to freeze, like freezing. I have a chili pad, you know, I have all this different stuff because I run hot anyway. So I heat up and then I cool my body down and it, it helps put me to sleep. Uh, there are a lot of different things that you can do though. Um, if you're talking about, if you're getting a lot of disturbances throughout the night and that could be sleep environment. So you said, well, you know, how do I control these things when I'm supposed to be asleep? What is the temperature of your room? Are you running too hot? Can you not actually sleep into these deeper stages of sleep? Is it noisy? Is there light? Um, is there a dog in the bed? I don't know. You know, like <laughs> you have to answer these questions for yourself and it's what's, what's the most sort of serene place I can put myself in yeah. given whatever the confines are married roommates, pets, you know, live trash day. Today is trash day. Um, you know, you, you do what you can and, and you try and make your, where you sleep, you know, like a, a true, like sleep temple as much as you can. Yeah. I think like, so we had a baby at Christmas. So like sleep is, you know, at best unpredictable and at worst basically void from our lives, especially my wife's life. And like, I don't like to sound like one of those, like, you know, Oh, I don't have time, you know, like life gets in the way or whatever of your sleep. But like, say for me, like realistically napping during the day isn't something that's feasible because of like work and other commitments and stuff. So like, say for people, like I'll tell you what really pissed me off was <laughs> Sean Woodland from talking elite was talking at the start of one of his episodes about like three weeks after he had his baby and he was like, they were talking about their whoop, you know, they have that advert kind of chat at the start and he was yeah. talking about his whoop and he was like, Oh, like 93%. I was like, Oh fuck you, Sean. Like, how is that even possible? <laughs> so it's kind of like what, you know, like it, I understand what you're saying um, about like, you know, I've read all that stuff about, you know, you have a cool room so that you don't overheat and you're not tossing and turning and you, you know, you've maybe no blue lights or blue blockers or, you know, no screens, or you might have a, like a, a blackout curtains and or blinds or whatever and that kind of stuff. But like, is there, is there something that can be done, say like for people in my position or my wife's position or people who, you know, maybe their job runs on a different kind of time schedule where they might have to do a call in the middle of the night or whatever. Is, is there, is there something that can be done to help with those kind of aspects or do you just kind of endure it until it's over and then try and improve it? So we can talk about the baby aspect. Um, we're going to go through that soon. My wife's due at the beginning of August. Um, so yeah, we're a little freaked out about that part, but <clears throat> in terms of, uh, when you're on these like short sleep and it's like a little bit sporadic, uh, you, you get to a point where you're just kind of exhausted and your body's going to get these deeper states of sleep effectively for like self-preservation. Yeah. Okay. Kind of so you don't die. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you're exhausted, a lot of times when people do take a nap, it's, it's light sleep. You can tell when your body's like completely tanked, when you look at that nap data and you're a bunch of REM and slow wave, you're like, wow. Okay. I must've been really tired. Um, Best thing you can do is, you know, train your or figure out ways to kind of get yourself to sleep. Like, what are the things that work for you to calm your, to get your heart rate down? Do you need to do a little bit of breathing? Okay. So you woke up in the middle of the night, got to feed the baby, got to do, all right, I was up for half an hour. Um, you know, how do I calm myself back down instead of being like in the mindset of shit, I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm going to be tired. Mm. There is definitely like an acceptance part of it in these uh, you know, jobs that are unpredictable or, you know, with childcare, it's about the, the mind calming the mind, getting the heart rate back down, getting the body temp back down. So you can get to sleep as much as you can. Yeah. I've, and obviously this is me personally talking about it. The more that, the more that you stress about not sleeping, the more you're going to not sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like journaling can help like you know yeah. these are the types of things just kind of unloading your mind as much as possible and this is for anybody but i think this could be helpful too um so that when you go to bed you know that there's there's kind of no stone left unturned for that day you haven't forgotten about what's coming tomorrow or anything like that you know so yeah. if you can leave your put your mind at ease as much as possible that can also be very helpful i think like when Sloan arrived as well, we started, you know, like researching sleep for, you know, for her to be like, right, how do we, you know, get her to sleep for longer than 15 minutes so we can sleep for longer than 15 minutes. Like, I think right. a, a lot of the stuff that came up was like, if, um, 
you know, if, if, if when she's going into her light sleep, if she's being rocked, and then the next time she enters light sleep, if she's not being rocked anymore, she's liable to wake up. Or if she's on a body and there's body heat, and then the next time she enters light sleep, that's not there anymore, she's going to wake up. And like that, you know, I suppose... I was wondering, is that the same for people? Like, say, I know some people like to listen to white noise or like James Newbury is always on about like binaural beats and stuff like that. I think before, I can't do that anymore because it will probably keep the baby awake but, because she's in our room. Like, But I used to listen to podcasts going to sleep. And, um, and it just, you know, like you say, that was the thing that just kind of calmed me down. And just like, you know, I wouldn't listen to anything really interesting or I wouldn't sleep at all. But like just kind of banal podcasts where I just wasn't that fussed so I'd be fine falling asleep. But like, are those the kind of things that if you put it on, you need to keep it on? Or do you kind of grow out of that as you get older where your your body just says like, oh, that's fine now, I'm asleep and I'll just go through my normal stages? I, d- I think this is a personal one. Okay. Um, you know, I go to bed, I tell people not to do it, but I do it. Uh, I put TV on. Yeah. Uh, and But I put on a sleep timer. So, um but it's kind of like you said. So I've watched The Office through so many times that like Michael Scott has almost become like a lullaby yeah. to me. You're not like, sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for what's going to happen. No, 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 no. Poster, yeah, right? exactly. Poster, yeah. It's like you said, you can't listen to something that's exciting and keeps you up. It yeah. has to be this sort of thing that's that's almost like comforting uh, mm. or, or at least boring. Um, but yeah, you know, like it's so crazy. I could watch something more serious. And the second I turn it on, I'll be asleep in two minutes. Yeah. Um, and I was very strongly against, uh, the TV on that's, you know, my wife was, Hey, can we put it on? Cause she likes the white noise. And yeah, I mean, it works now. Some nights I'm like, Oh God, I wish that we could just turn this off, but I don't think it needs to be necessarily state dependent all the time. Yeah. And okay. you know, I, I don't have the scientific, you know, truth to that. Um, but, you know, I mean, the podcast obviously help you. I f- like if you wake up in the middle of the night, do you have to turn the podcast back on? No, well, I never used to wake up in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. Yeah, but, yeah. But um, I, don't, I don't think, hey, why don't I turn the TV back on? Because I need to kind of yeah, rock okay, myself yeah. back to sleep. Um, for me, the big things are body temp. I yeah. think if you are in a place where the room starts cool and then you heat up overnight, then it gets hard. Yeah. And do, you have you, to have a way to call your body back down. Do you put much weight in stuff like, you know, like white noise apps or binaural beats or another thing actually that kind of similar ish, I guess, but the other end of those daylight wake ups, you know, the alarm clocks you can get that scratchy. Do you put any weight in that kind of stuff for better sleep? So I think that. Uh, again, white noise, this is a, and everybody, so how you are about noise, if it works for you, yeah. then you should do it. That's where it's very personal. Uh, in terms of this sort of when to wake up, I think that your body tells you when to wake up. Uh, so if you, especially if you get on this uh, consistent sleep and wake time, yeah. your body is like, if it knows, hey, we're going to bed at 10, 15, you know, if you start winding down 945, You'll probably be asleep probably no later than 1030. Mm. And if you know that you're like your natural wake up time. So it's understanding your chronotype as well. Are you the type of person that likes to stay up later at night? Are you the type of person who naturally wakes up early in the morning? And that should, I mean, as much as you can, that, that should inform kind of your sleep pattern. Um, but if you, once you kind of have found it, what that, that window is, your body will naturally kind of wake up in the same window yeah. every single day. And you'll likely see a pretty good recovery. You'll see good sleep stats. If you find, and it's harder, you know, with the more things you add in, baby job, you know, in in a perfect world, everybody can sleep on their perfect schedule. Unrealistic, you know, so um, you can, I I would say what I would give more credence to like the white noise to get people to sleep than I, I would say about waking people up. I try not to use white alarm. Yeah, I kind of suppose the good thing about the those kind of light, you know, daylight alarm things is that if if you want to start off your day in a stressful way, a good thing, a good way to do it is to have a fucking foghorn going off at eight fifty <laughs> or whatever. So I exactly. suppose it's less stressful. It yeah. uh, it very rarely uh, makes you feel great. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? No. Yeah. Um, food and water. Then I guess like we won't go too deep into this because we have an, a separate episode on nutrition, but. Yeah. I think like 
is is food and water something that like directly affects the data or is it something that affects your hrv and your stress levels and stuff and your ability to exert which in turn affects your daily strain absolutely um so like you said we won't go too deep but you got to stay hydrated throughout the day and Mm. i think what so many people do is they wake up they have a cup of coffee or two before lunch or before noon and they realize they haven't had a drop of water yeah and by that point it's probably too hard to to kind of come back and hydrate enough for the day uh we usually say about you know half an ounce to 0.6 of an ounce for pound of body mass right just kind of throughout the day that's without training and that will be helpful for your your heart rate variability it helps keep your heart rate down for sure uh throughout the day in terms of nutrition it's sort of like what are you fueling for mm. so are you trying to gain muscle mass are you trying to about to go to a session like that should inform kind of what you're going to have at different times in the day so if you know you're the type of person that grabs a 5:30 class after a day of work like what are you doing what does that lunch look like what yeah. does like maybe another little piece in there look like to make sure that you have enough fuel in the tank and that you're not digesting that you're or you're not eating something heavy enough or so heavy that you're continuing to digest when you should be get priming your body to train yeah um so there's that piece and then the tough part is for people that train later at night and then still have to get up in the morning is you do have to eat after that so there's that mix of i have to eat to refuel my body but i also need to be very cognizant of what i'm eating prior to me going to sleep because yeah. if i eat something like a i would say chicken pot pie i don't know why i use that one it just seems really heavy um but if you ate that close to dinner it would or close to bed that would be tough for you to get quality sleep because yeah. of how much digesting would be required so it 100% affects your heart rate variability your resting heart rate and your ability to get quality sleep the timing and how much if you're dehydrated you're going to be hot at night you're going to wake yeah. up with dry mouth in the middle of the night it's going to be a problem so there's there's different routes but you know pretty steady hydration and finding the right sort of nutrition timing and content for you uh, that's what's kind of great about whoop is that you can learn these things about yourself like should i have is dairy really kind of messing me up um and you could see that with your heart rate variability over time is there a threshold i know there's a threshold for me like if i have like a latte i i have to be done with dairy for the day and that's fine but like i was doing like yogurt as like a dessert at night and it was destroying me like in terms of like my recovery was terrible so you you find these things out and you're like oh well it has to be that <laughs> um you're a good salesman you're always you're always on point you always bring it back um, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, one, of, one of the things I heard, I remember hearing this when I was younger, is that like, if you're thirsty, it's like, it's too late. Like if, if you feel like, oh man, I'm really thirsty, you've already gone beyond, like, I mean, you obviously don't like not drink because oh fuck it, it's too late. I'm not going to drink anyway. But I mean, you've gone yeah. into dehydration if you feel that feeling of thirst. So it is a case then when you're drinking water that like, I know sometimes I would definitely fall into that category that you just said. And that's while at home with access to like the tap, I'd be sitting there and I'd be like, you know, it be, could be 1 p.m. And I'd be like, fuck, I haven't drank anything other than coffee all day. Like, and I know there's water and coffee, but I mean, you still need water, water. So like, is yeah. it a case that you want to be kind of like sipping like tiny little mouthfuls all day rather than suddenly going like, oh shit, and chugging like a liter of water? Yeah, that's 100%. Uh, I would say before you do anything, before you have any food in the morning, try and have 12 to 16 ounces of water. Yeah. That's, you know, get up, brush your teeth, whatever you're going to do. But as you're making your coffee, making your breakfast, whatever you're doing, just start sipping on the water. Or you can just slam 12 ounces of water real quick. Have a quick glass of water. All right, you got a base. And then yeah. you can just kind of start to sip throughout the day. Um, I use like refillable water bottles, so it makes it very easy to sort of kind of track. Mm. And I try, you know, to train in the afternoon but if if i haven't had water it's a problem yeah. like i like the the days when i do or say don't as especially as it gets you know hot and humid like i it's it's tough um and like you said if is it too late is there a time that's too late i'd rather wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom twice than wake up hot 
because then it's going to be hard for me to go to sleep yeah. and, and uh, you know, dehydrated. Because what happens is if you wake up in the middle of the night, you're kind of in this, you can probably go to the bathroom and come back and still be in the sort of homeostasis of I'm asleep. My body's more or less doing the same or in the same state. Hmm. If you have to wake up in the middle of the night and then chug a bunch of water because you're so thirsty, that actually heats your core body temperature back up. And it's going to be longer for you to go back to sleep because now you've taken yourself out of this homeostasis. It's awake now. So um, it's better to just kind of be like, all right, I'm going to slam, like you said, a a pint of water right before bed or two and live with getting up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think rest then is another thing. Like, so like I had a, a, I recently had a Fitbit, but it, broke because you know it's, it's not a whoop <laughs> and uh he used to say like you know i think well i think that's one of the things that draws me to whoop is that it automatically tracks it because i used to have to go in and be like you know beeping on my watch before training to be like i'm working out what type of workout are you doing i'm doing weights or whatever and then that like so i i ended up like rarely actually tracking it it would track my heart rate or whatever fine but it, it would rarely track exactly what i was doing i think like it used to tell me, I remember once looking at it, it was like, oh, you need 42 hours to recover. And I was like, what? Like, you know, it's like rest, like rest like that isn't really reasonable. So it's kind of like, surely if I train for an hour and I don't stay up all night and I drink water and I eat well, you're, you know, more or less good to go the next day rather than waiting like whatever. I remember Lauren Fisher the other day put something up where it said it was 68 hours was her like required. What did she use, Garmin? I don't know what she is. It's not a, I don't know what she is. Yeah, no, no, I know. It's, um, but no, I've seen, uh, I think like the Phoenix five gives you that sort of, uh, you know, you have to take <laughs> like eight <Jeez>. days off, <laughs> you know, I see in, you know, so in rowing, a lot of athletes will use like chest straps or Garmin's mm-hmm. because, uh, you also need GPS in the boat to kind of know how fast you're going. So they might throw it on their foot strap and just so they can kind of see the splits as they're, as they're rolling along. Uh, and I saw some uh, Olympians that, that use this, these guys from Croatia. It's, it was seriously like, you need to take eight days off. And it's like, you know, they're not going to do that. Like yeah. what, that's, it's just unreasonable. So like you said, um, it's this combination of match for using whoop data. It's using your recovery to sort of match the strain. And I don't, have you strength coach at all? If I wish within the app, the strain coach. Oh, I don't have a whoop yet. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. We'll have to remedy that. <laughs> um, so we have something in here and this is something I used to tell people about prior. To, so like you said, how, how much is the app about mm-hmm. a lot? So when I first joined and I would do analyses for people, I would say, here's the strain that you put out and here is, was your hypothetical optimal strain for the day. And that's based mm-hmm. off your recovery. So, you know, back then, it'd be like, this explains why maybe you didn't see fitness gains. Okay. Or you did. You know, you were well within the training zone or you were way overreaching and then you never really pulled back. Um, so we actually have something within the app that it says, you know, so I'm looking at mine right now. I've got 68% recovery today. I already have 5.1 day strain. And based on my 68% recovery, I should build to a 12.0 day strain to reach my optimal strain for the day. So that includes everything. So when I walk the dog, you know, do laundry, work out, do everything. 12 is like within the range. Now you can actually open it up and there's a sliding scale of what optimal is. I can probably go higher than that. Um, But you can use that within training to to sort of guide it so that you can kind of keep coming back day after day in training. Whereas if you do ultimately like overreach and you just go off the rails, you know, you go to a hundred mile bike ride and you haven't been training at all. Um, that's going to take you out a few days, no matter what hmm. any, any app will tell you that. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm, know, I'm picturing cool. myself in the middle of a class, just freezing still. And like my coach would be like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm, I'm at, I'm at 12. I just, I'm at, I did it. <laughs> uh, that's why it's a good guide, right? You know, to get, yeah. so strain coach, keeping you in the optimal range is so you can keep coming day after day. So you said, how do you teach recovery to people that know that they're only going to have an hour of the day? Yeah. Right. Um, this helps guide that to get fitter. You have to go outside of that though. Right. Yeah. You, know, you have to go beyond what sort of is, I don't want to say optimal. You have, you have to go to this functional overreaching phase, not, yeah. uh, 
so far that you're just overreaching and blowing your body up, right? That's why people do training phases and, you know, deloads and things like that. Yeah. It allows your body to come back. So it's really interesting. Um, you know, I guess CrossFit is everybody has their own program. That's, that's the interesting part. You can do all these different things and mm. it's, uh, there aren't always training blocks, so to speak. You know, mm -hmm. some people do it like the NC fits are like, all right, we're going to work on this for the next month there. But some people are just kind of all over the place. Um, so it's, it's harder to know when to deload mm -hmm. when you're doing that. But if you were to do more traditional, you know, just strength training or endurance training, you know, once you do that sort of deload week or period, you, that's when you want to look at kind of what your data looks like. It's like, did I a jump in HRV is my resting heart rate down. So those sort of rest days are really, really important. Even sometimes taking two, three um, after long stretches of training where maybe yeah. you're doing six days on, one day off. Uh, because then you do see, hopefully, a change in resting heart rate. Yeah. Very um, specifically. I think, like, so that's sleep, food and water, rest. I think the other thing would be stress. So, like, if you're... I guess if you're having a tough time at work or a tough time at home or like I'm thinking of scenarios. So like stuff that's unavoidable. So like Christmas with your family could be stressful for some people, but you can't really avoid it. I think like yeah. work deadlines can be stressful. Like, I mean, Jesus, like the uncertainty around CrossFit could be stressful for people, either just gym goers or else affiliate owners. Mm -hmm. So like some people could be, I guess stress could be as obvious as you're losing sleep, uh, you're tossing and turning or you're up at night or whatever. But like, yeah, it could just be having an effect on your recovery. So like what, what can be done on that side of things to help improve that? So I think part of it is acknowledging that you're stressed and whoop data can help you if you're kind of in denial of like, let's even just say the quarantine and, you know, the state of the world yeah. um, with COVID. Uh, what we see is not like people are getting more sleep, right? People get more sleep. They had mm -hmm. more to do or I'm not going to say less to do. They have more time to get yeah. more sleep. Maybe they don't have to commute. However, heart rate over the course of the day is up higher. So, you know, like you said, um, you're with your family all the time. There's no escape. Um, it, you know, some people are social creatures. It's like part of going into the office and getting out and bouncing around. Like it's hard. You're right. Um, and part of this sort of, you get maybe worse sleep because you're not necessarily burning the same type of energy. Yeah. Um, so in terms of stress, uh, you know, our VP of performance, Kristen, always talks about stress as it, it's your body telling you that something like an action needs to be taken. And that doesn't mean that you have to necessarily like go work out. It's just saying, all right, what's happening? How do I address the situation? So a mm -hmm. lot of times it's almost if you can kind of roll it back and find maybe what's kind of the thing that's driving me. Is it the state of CrossFit? Is it, I'm nervous about my family? Is it my job? You know, like if you can kind of, okay, got it. And, you know, sort of reframe uh, a thought process around how maybe you're going about that. Why, why is it causing you stress? And then accepting it, that's one piece. But um, just the generic, if you just are feeling sort of like overwhelmed all the, you know, because there is so much right now. Um, the, the nutrition, I would say hydration is so, so important doing some things for yourself, right? Whether that is the training and you need to like force yourself out to be like, I got to give myself 40 minutes here to get away from the baby and, and doing work. And I'm just going to go slam it for 40 minutes. Um, you know, the, the hormone boost you're going to get just from like almost like resetting your system. Like you still have to remember to take care of yourself, yeah. uh, to, to sort of keep the levels. And I, I think uh, two really kind of proven things we've seen is breath work throughout the day. So this, this is actually data backed. Uh, breath work throughout the day is incredibly powerful in keeping HRV up, getting resting heart rate down and, and improving sleep quality and duration. Mm. So not just at night, could be two, three minutes throughout the day, a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, journaling. So okay. unloading kind of your thoughts could be a free write on your computer, might just jot down some notes. It, so it could be either, you know, kind of creating lists to organize your life, or it could just be, I got all this shit in my head. I need to get it out. And this sort of weight that comes off of your body, 
like the heart rate's going to come down. So I, I think a, in conjunction with sort of like getting your thoughts out and breathing throughout the day mm -hmm. and hydration are probably three of the most effective ways to sort of manage the stress. If you do want to hear more about the ways to survive the holidays, we actually did a podcast on it. Um, I put a couple of things in there. Mine is be, be ready to always be wearing workout clothes because you never know when your opportunity is going to come. <laughs> I like that. To run away. <laughs> Could be. Might need to just go get 50 squats in the corner and nobody's looking. It's just, yeah. I need it real quick. Um, what's been your, the biggest surprise or the biggest like eyebrow raising moment you've had since you started working with Whoop? Is there anything, any like research that you've seen or anything like that where you've been like, Jesus, okay. Huh. That's a I'm good question. I, no, I haven't been asked that one before. That's good. Uh, I think in terms of what I've been most blown away with is we used to really try to work with pro athletes yeah. and, you know, we would like pitch them and, and talk to pro teams and we still work with them. Um, but something I thought has been really cool is the adoption in the, the golf world, oh, yeah. like completely organically, um, you know, like Rory buying his own strap, JT, Dustin, John, all these guys just kind of, you know, it just happening kind of overnight. I was uh, golfing last summer and I was in the pro shop and the person's like, is that a whoop? And I'm like, yeah, how do you know about that? And they're like, Oh yeah, I saw it on the tour. And it, it's really cool how that's kind of happened. And it, I mean, it's honestly the same way it's kind of grown within CrossFit. Um, so I guess I spoke at Wadapalooza in like 2017 about like rowing and, so a couple other things and whoop had a tiny little stand one person there and like it was kind of shitty <laughs> like it was like i love whoop but nobody knows what this is um and to you know you look at now we're like a one of the title sponsors and you know 50 percent of the people at the event have a whoop strap yeah and even like, at the games last year you had a massive yeah stand, like the length of one of the walls here <laughs> yeah you're like holy shit how did we get here yeah. Um, and it's, it's really cool. And, and that's just a testament to the data and, and the value that people get out of it. Right. Yeah. Um, the fact that people in gyms around the world, um, and, and all these different sports, it, it reaches people because everybody's looking for a way to improve performance. It doesn't matter if it's, uh, you are a pro athlete, you're just somebody that likes to train hard, probably like us, um, you know, don't have as much time as we used to, but on the days that we can do it, we want to push it and we, we still have goals that we want to achieve. And then there's, you know, people like my parents that are a little bit older and they play golf all the time. Um, but it's like, Hey, this is really hard guys. Maybe you shouldn't play golf six days a week. Um, it's like beating the shit out of your body. Um, drink less, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're in retirement. I know, I know you got all the time, but like, um, it's actually really cool. Uh, that was a, a really cool moment. Honestly, personally for me, um, when my dad got on whoop and he's like, he asked me a lot of questions. He said, do I ever get annoyed? No. And how many, how many changes he's made to like improve his data over time. So that's just, I think the story of a lot of people is, yeah. is how empowering this is for people to, to make real changes to better their, their day-to-day -day life. Um, yeah. I think that that's the cool thing and whoop kind of becoming more commonplace in terms of like really cool data. I think the breathwork thing is pretty wild to me. Um, it's so overlooked, but it is so impactful. And that, that's, I think, one of my, the, the coolest data points. Oh, actually, I do have another one for you now that now we're thinking about it. So uh, we work with a lot of college and pro teams. And I'll talk specifically about college here. So <clears throat> we sort of track with, you know, we check in with all these teams at different universities to just kind of get an injury report yeah and we never say we're injury prevention we uh we refer to it more so as athlete availability so yeah. how many are your athletes available to practice and compete and we had something like a 97 percent athlete availability rate which means that uh an athlete missed less than three days of practice over the course of an entire year so that's the people that are working with us to really use the data and inform training decisions. 
Yeah. So I that I think that's really powerful. Yeah, it's a statement in itself, I guess, that they're always available. Like you know. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how you get fitter. That's how you win. You know, it's a lot of times in in pro sports and college sports, it's like who is the healthiest team by the end of this? Yeah, you know, particularly in the NFL, uh, you know, teams get so banged up. It's like who, which, which version of this team is showing up in the playoffs? And, yeah, um, is there anything exciting coming in the pipeline then? So, like, I mean, the the obvious omission I can see is a clock face. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's never. That's not going to happen. No. Part of part of you know what we do and why we designed it the way we did is you know we wanted to kind of one be uh, a a data collection tool first yeah and it's just gonna suck battery life yeah, um, true. most people have their phone on them all the time anyway um, so effectively they have a clock but you know we don't do any messaging or anything but because we don't have the face we can put all all the juice this thing has into collecting the highest quality data at the frequency that we do um, and create all these insights. So yeah. that's always going to be the focus for us. Yeah. And is there anything, any developments under work or anything like that? Oh, uh, we always have a lot coming. Basically, uh, I guess m- number one for most part would be like improve the battery life. Cause I think that's what people, people tend to gravitate towards stuff like that of like, Oh, you got from one day to five. Can you get to seven? You know, like every time a new phone comes out, it's like, we've got this much battery, yeah. you know, like make things either smaller, bigger, or the battery lasts longer. They seem to be the right. changes. So the battery, you know, we're always going to keep that as important right now. It's, it's a lot of software pieces, um, more data, uh, you know, creating more robust surveys uh, so that we can learn more about populations and, and help people learn more about themselves. Um, got some pretty cool integrations coming. I wish I could tell you about, but they'll be out soonish. Yeah. Um, but I think it will, it will be really a, a great ad. Um, so yeah, I would say more of sort of the, the collaborative work we're doing with other people as well as some of the really awesome stuff that, that our data team is doing internally. Yeah. Uh, th- there will be some, some bigger things coming out. Cool. Um, well, listen, thanks a million. I think uh, I definitely got a lot from that. I could, you know, if no one else did, I don't really give a shit because I got a good bit out of it. So totally selfishly, that was enjoyable. <laughs> good. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'll tell you what I did recently, actually, is at the games last year, there was like a Ragnar run and you got like a little bum bag, you call them a fanny pack, I think. And there was like stuff inside. And one of the things that was inside was like a sleep mask. And um, since uh, Sloan came along, we've had to have like a, you know, a light on so that if she wakes up in the night, we can see where she is or whatever. Um, yeah. So I started using my sleep mask. I'll tell you, it's a fucking game changer. Like that has, that has changed my sleep dramatically in That's the last awesome. like three weeks. I love that. Yeah. So I need to, I, I, I can't get comfortable with the stuff on my face. Yeah, my, I think I just kind of, I, I embraced it. I just was like, right, it's going to be fucking annoying on day one. And I just like stuck with it. I had a really bad night's sleep the first night. And then, I mean, part of the attraction is like, it really pisses my wife off because she's like, you look like such a fucking idiot with that stupid thing on your face. And then like, <laughs> the other, like it's entertaining during the day as well because I'm like, you know, where am I going to find my sleep mask today? Like, is it going to be, would I have thrown it off in the middle of the night? Would it have like be around my neck when I wake up? Will it be under the pillow? So there's a little treasure hunt every morning to try and find it as well. No, that's actually, that's so true. <laughs> that is where the hell is it? where did it end up yeah um, um yeah listen thanks a million for coming on i really appreciate it um of course yeah i think i think it's it's great what you're doing i think the you know it's an it's been a, a pretty impressive meteoric rise i mean i guess you talk to athletes and you talk to people who are you know either in business or in like you know sport and they always say like oh it always seems like a meteoric rise because you don't see what happened behind closed doors for a few years but i think even if you take just from 2016 to now, it's been, you know, you've, you've really cornered the market and uh, all the best with everything that you've got planned. Yeah, appreciate appreciate that love. It's been really cool over the last year or so. Awesome. Really appreciate the time.